Welcome to the Millionaire Secrets Podcast, where the most successful people in the world share their secrets to help you create the awesome life you desire. Welcome to another episode of Millionaire Secrets. Jeff Lerner, your host. Always so excited to be back with you. Uh, today, we have a treat. If you're a woman and want to understand men, you're going to love it. If you're a man and want to understand women, you're going to love it. And mostly, if you want to understand yourself, you're going to love it. Yeah. Uh, we're joined by Apollonia Ponti. She's a dating, relationships, love, expert online, huge following, over half a million on YouTube, uh, owner of multiple thriving businesses. So really, even if you're just an entrepreneur like me, even if you're, look, I'm happily married. I just like scaling businesses. She can help with that too. Apollonia, I could, I could spend a whole hour here just introducing you, but I'm going to stop. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff, for having me. Of excited course. To get into it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so excited uh, to have you on the show. Totally. Um, actually, you know, I've, I've had some other relationship people on the show, but it's been a long time. That was actually kind of early, in the early days of the show. Haven't had nearly enough women on the show. Um, for um, now, now that I say that, that's something I probably need to look at, but I'm really <laughs> stoked you're here. I think it's going to be a different type of conversation. And right out of the gate, um, you used to have like a pretty successful career in like banking or something, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So my, let's re, like fast forward a little bit. Okay. And um, I never went to college. You know, I never went to college, not because I, I was choice, but really I wasn't a person that did good in school. I didn't really like school. I didn't like testing. I had, I had anxiety, test anxiety, very high text anxiety. And something happened to me when I was making a decision to go to college, which I was going to go to FIT in New York City. And my grandmother got really sick and she was like a second mother to me. She got both of her legs, legs amputated and my mom was a single mom. And I had a decision to go to college or work nights so we can keep a roof over our heads and my mother's head and take care of my grandmother because we didn't have any medical finances to help us. She couldn't get it into a nursing home. And also we didn't want to do that to her. So the doctor gave her about only four months to live after that happened. And we came together as a family and we, um, you know, helped her so much. And she ended up living seven more years from four months. So within that, I went into banking because I felt like it was just the easiest thing I could do at the moment. So I applied and I was good at sales and I did that. So without a college degree, I started as what they call a customer service rep. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I went to an assistant manager at like 23, 24, 25. Then from there, I went to a branch manager at like 27. And then from there, I went into private banking and became an assistant vice president of the bank, less than I think I was not even 30 yet. And then at 30, 31, I was VP and worked in a high ranking position where everybody had to have a college degree, but I worked my way up. And I thought I made it. I was like, this is what success is, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but something in me wasn't happy still. I had the money. I had the, the oh my goodness, she has a position without a college degree. Like I had the, the pat on the back, like you did it. But for me, it wasn't, I did it. And so that's when I stepped out into entrepreneurship was to find my passion, which is exactly what I do now. <sighs> So I know we're not going to get an answer right now, but anybody listening, feel what she just said. Anybody listening relate to, I had all the things that they told me I should want. And they told me I should be grateful for having them. And I still 
I, I mean, not only I hear this all the time. So I already know. I know I already know people are cheering. Like, not only was it not fulfilling, but it seemed to be getting worse. Like an emptiness started to yeah. get worse. Mm-hmm. Because I and I yeah I mean I've I've been there in different ways never never from like having a corporate job but there have been times when like I'm getting everything I thought I wanted and the realization that what I thought I wanted isn't giving me what I wanted to feel actually kind of makes you almost depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, is it, so so is that what was happening? Like there was this like oh, yeah. thundercloud moving in over your life and you knew something had to change. Yeah. I would not even want to get to work in the mornings. I would be, I would drink excessively on the weekends um, mm. to try to escape because I wasn't happy. And then I thought to myself, like, who am I trying to convince? Like, why am I working this job and unhappy? Like, who am I trying to convince? Right. And I continue to ask myself that question, like, why am I even doing this? Well, I would ask myself that and I said, because I'm supposed to isn't this what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, this is, I made it. Like how many, and then on top of that, you have guilt, right? Maybe some people that are listening have families, right? Well, I have kids, I have this, I have enormous guilt goes into this as well. Mm. Well, if I quit, I'm selfish, right? Because not a lot of people get this opportunity, right? And so what happens is you get that need and that desire of what you were saying, Jeff, is that one time when there's so much emptiness inside of you where there came a moment where I couldn't even get out of bed to go to work. And I knew in that moment, I had to come up with a plan to get me out of bed to see the future. Now, you, you mentioned that when you were considering college, you were looking at FIT, which is Fashion Institute, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so can I conclude from that, that you were in, like, were you working in New York or is that just where you were looking for school? No, that's where I was looking for school because I always wanted to be in uh, New York, like the Devil Wears Prada movie. Yeah, so where, <laughs> where, where did you live? I lived in Orlando, Florida. So you're still in a big city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the reason I ask, so I lived in New York City for a little over a year um, in my, I guess, very early 30s. And you, th- what you said about drinking heavily on the weekends because you're unhappy, but yet feeling like you won the, you won the prize and you should be grateful, but clearly you're not that grateful or you wouldn't be numbing yourself on the weekends. welcome to New York City. You just described it to a T. I lived there for a year. I went out every weekend and eventually I concluded I am not unhappy enough to hang out with these people. Mm. I don't need to go get hammered Mm -hmm. from 8 p.m. to 3 a.m. every Friday, every Saturday, and then in the afternoon on Sunday. Like, I don't need to live like that because I, I don't have this. I don't need to numb anything. Or I mean, I had my own stuff, but it wasn't that. It wasn't 60 hours a week of feeling out of alignment with my purpose and, a, and an accumulating despondence that I needed to go drown on the weekends. And that's part of the reason I left the city. Yeah. You know, I, I first, first opportunity I could get, I walked away from an incredible opportunity in New York City mm-hmm. and was like, peace, I'm out. I, this is not my scene. So God, I know people have got to be just totally feeling this, what you're yeah. saying. For sure. Uh, And I was in Miami, you know, like, so that job, that career took me to Miami. So I was just in a party city city that didn't probably close at three, you know, never closed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I I have friends from Miami and I've been down to some of their nightlife and it's the same. It's literally, you could probably go to any major city in the country and it's the same scene. It's a bunch of people, you know, I, I mean, I can picture them in my mind, the guys with their button down shirts and their sleeves, rolled up just so on the forearms and like it's all a dance and it's 
it's polished and it's perfected and it's fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. And I was the girl version of it in a suit. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, and, and they're all trying to get you mm-hmm. drunk and take you yeah. home and wreck your life and never call you again. And it's, oh. it's just another way of numbing it all. Mm-hmm. And they're like, literally, I mean, I used to listen to these guys are like, they're like, okay, I'm going to do two more drinks and I'm going to try to get her home. Cause if I do more than two more drinks, I won't be basically, I won't be able to like date rape her. I'll be too drunk. I mean, it's like seriously sad. So oh, I know it's stuff I talk about a lot and, you know, in regards to when I help men, because my primary focus is I work with men, like in dating relationships yeah. and attraction, understanding women. And this is a big thing that I talk about because it's also taught wrong in the dynamic of our society as well. So I love that you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So then let's, let's bridge that gap. So you, you realize this is not the life for you. Uh, what's the transition? And, and just know my audience, they are like hanging on this moment because probably the majority of my audience is people that don't want the job they have and want the life we have of self-determination, financial abundance, total time freedom, location freedom, doing work that we're passionate about, feeling good about what we do. It's like everybody wants that, but people are terrified to make the shift. So what, how how'd you get from there to here? Yeah. So I'm not the person to say that this is going to be easy, right? Well, I'm the type of person, especially in my coaching practice, where I go into details about a lot of things. I'm not going to say, oh, this is how you do it. But I also give the steps in regards to why you should be doing this as well. So here's the thing with me is when I first started, I knew that I wanted to become an entrepreneur. I just had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So what I had to do was literally create a business plan, right? I stayed at my job. And it depends. I'm a visual learner. I always tell people when you want to find your entrepreneurship journey, figure out your learning style first, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if a lot of people talk about this, but this is so important. Reason why is because if you don't know your own learning style, how are you going to train yourself of what you project for your future and what you want to see, do, or whatever, you know, or, or be right. So for example, I'm a visual learner. So what I had to do is I put a whole business plan together of what I wanted to do. In that moment, I didn't know I wanted to be a dating and relationship coach, which I'm going to get there. But all I knew is what do I need to save? What type of business do I want to open? Who should I be looking at, right? In regards to who should I be modeling, right? Mm -hmm. We'll study the people in different industries, see what they're doing online, look at their courses that they're developing and see if there is a niche for you in it. Right. And then I started thinking, okay, I started listening to entrepreneurial podcasts. I started listening to videos and I heard a lot about turn your pain into your purpose, turn your mess into your message. Right. And I think that that is so sometimes it can sound so cliche because everybody says it, but it's so real. Right. And so I really had to dive deep and I always wanted to do something in the love and relationship realm and also in fashion, but in love and relationship, I was scared because I was like, who am I supposed to give relationship advice? Who am I to give love advice, right? So we have that, the inner, those inner thoughts that go mm-hmm. through. And then I started studying people in the relationship advice niche, right? And what are they doing? Who do you want to emulate, right? Who do you want to be? And then from there, I had a really, and this is for your audience too, is like, I want you to think of maybe that one devastating thing in your life that you've been through, right? Maybe you had bankruptcy once and now you're, you're getting to, you're working towards success. Well, that feeling of being in bankruptcy could never, someone that has not been in bankruptcy before probably wouldn't be able to connect to their clients the way that you have. 
right? Mm -hmm. Or how about someone that um, was divorced and really suffered for years after a divorce? You can help people overcome their divorce or other ways of what you believe. So there's always something for you, right? So I always say this to clients too, and people that are looking for their passion, start with your business plan. Look at what is, even though you feel like there's probably, you're not probably an expert in something, but you still have a message to share. So what is that? And niche down on that. What we try to do is, but I can do it all. I can help marriages. I can do this. I can do attraction for men. I can help women manifest love and goo goo gaga and all this, but who was your primary niche, right? And then focus on the online industry, learn the internet. This is so important, right? SEO, podcasts, YouTube, start investing in the areas that you want to be one at a time. I strongly always suggest YouTube. I think YouTube is so big for entrepreneurs because people can get to know you and they'll automatically buy quicker. And so start to study those things and then come up with a two, a three month, a six month and a year plan for yourself and stay on that. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I just wanted to let you know, you can get a free copy of my book, The Millionaire Shortcut, which shows you the fastest way to become a millionaire in the new economy. There's a special link just for this episode in the description. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. You have me, you literally have me instinctively pulling up my YouTube channel because <laughs> I've been in an event for five days and it's like probably the longest I've gone without checking my YouTube in like a year. And I'm like, Ooh, I wonder how many subscribers I just, I gained because she just brought it up. Um, <laughs> no, I, I totally agree regarding YouTube. You know, it's, it's kind of a unicorn uh, place to create a, a you know, sort of an exponential, exponentially positive result between branding yourself, connecting with your audience, having massive reach, having content that can gets indexed like in a search engine and lives forever, being able to directly monetize your viewers in a way that they don't resent because it's not you selling them. It's just other people paying to run ads. Like there's just, you know, YouTube is a really special thing. So I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Um, and also too, when you serve, like when you serve in service, right? Like for example, yeah. you help entrepreneurs and also you dive a lot into personal development and becoming a better person overall. And I love that because I think we, more people need to do that. We have billions of people on earth, not you or I can do that for everybody. Right. So right. we need more people to help us and be like, I don't look at anybody as competition. I look at people as healthy competition because they're working with me. Right. And so like when you serve in service to others, money starts chasing you. You never yeah. have to chase money. Like that's what changes. And that's what people, I want people to be ambitious, but also too, like we have to think about this too, is Princier says this all the time. And I love it because, you know, he says, there's no rewind button on life, right? There's absolutely no rewind button on life. We have to live and be present and live our dreams right now. For example, 6,000 years ago, the first language was created. A hundred years ago, we had no airplanes. 50 years ago, we had no internet or cell phones. So everything that can be done has not even been done yet in our world. So there are ideas. There's still ideas that have to be made. There's still accomplishments that have to be made. And there's too many people waiting because it's hard to get out of that comfort zone because what society tells us is you have to do what's right for your family. You have to do what's right for you. You, If you're making $40,000, $50,000 a year or even $100,000 a year, then you should be thankful. And it actually makes our money relationship not healthy either mm -hmm. 
you know, yeah, it's so kind that's of like, like the dynamic. If you're having to deprive or diminish yourself in order to get money, and yet you're being told you should be grateful for the money you get, how is that any different than saying I have to deprive or diminish myself to be in a marriage? And I should, and so therefore I should be grateful for that relationship exactly. or that marriage. I'm getting abused and I'm supposed to be just grateful to be married. Exactly. A lot of people get abused to make a living. Yeah. And, and, and I, physically, emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do not think you should be grateful for that. And I do not think you should endure it just because you have a wife or kids or a husband or, you know, or, um, you find, you might have to endure it for a time while you strategize a different way, but just to resign yourself. Ugh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It sounds, it sounds Sounds like a reason to drink all weekend. <laughs> um, okay, so so keep keep us going on the story. So you make a business plan without quitting your job. By the way, I love that. Thank you. A lot of people in my world like, well, if I'm going to be an entrepreneur, don't I need to quit my job? No, I actually strongly suggest, you know, you don't burn a boat until you know that the island you're on can support life, mm-hmm. right? Um, so so uh, yeah, keep the keep the story going though. How, where's it go from there? Yeah. So I was ambitious. I mean, I was that person that was staying up till 2am studying stuff and going to work at 7am, you know, like you've got to put in the time if you want the return. Like I'm not the person that, you know, and still to this day, like I get work-life balance, but I also understand the, that if you want to leave a legacy also too, there's a different type of work ethic too, that comes along with that. But I also do think having time for yourself is important, but in the beginning stages of building a business, You've got to be real with, I think it doesn't, you don't have that time. So it's about analyzing where am I investing my time? What relationships are serving me that I need to actually, or not serving me that I need to not invest my time in? What are those weekends that I shouldn't be going out and actually doing things a lot differently? Maybe the times at work that you would stay until 7 p.m. Now you only stay till five o'clock because you got things to do after work. So from there, I started, like I said, studying YouTube. What is SEO? How do I rank on the first page of Google? Um, And I would study all these things. And then also too, I would learn, okay, so I need to build, I can't, I don't have enough money to hire someone to build one funnel for me to create a lead magnet. So I also need to create, learn how to build a click funnel right? A funnel that I know will be okay until I can make some money and grow my business and do things myself. And also the caveat to that is the more that you learn as an entrepreneur and a business owner, when you hire people, it's very strong when the owner actually knows a little bit about what what they do and how to do it, right? doesn't mean that you have to be an expert in it, but there's things that you're going to have to do that you really don't like when you really just want to coach and do it. Right. I always hear like so many people saying like Apollonia, you know, this great friend, he's a great coach, but he's always like, but I need to hire this person. I need to do this. I'm like, no, I mean, how much money do you have coming in? Why don't you take some time to learn this yourself first, bring in some more income. And then we can, then you can start hiring people for the right places. And then also too, when you get to that point, I think it's really important to when you niche down and you study, like, where do you want to grow? You know, I think, like I said, YouTube, look at YouTube experts that are doing it and sharing advice on how they grow their YouTube channel, get some constructive feedback, really niche down. And then from there, start thinking about what are the people that you want to start working with, right? So we can't work with everybody. You know, we, we just, we just can all the time. Like we can't. And so, for example, I niche down, I want to help men with attraction and life, dating and relationships. That's it. Right. Mm -hmm. So once we niche down, then people understand your message more. And so your audience starts to grow because it's more streamlined, let's say on YouTube or even in Google. Um, 
And also too, you get clear with the people that you want to help and those people start coming to you, right? So it's really about studying, investing your time in the right places and into better habits and really just laser focus on your goals. So what year was it when you decided I need to do something different than this job? Um, so we're in 21, 2015. Okay. And 2016, 15. Yep. Okay. And what year was it that you actually quit the job because you were ready? I think eight months later, almost okay, a year, so eight so months, year, but eight months later, eight months of prep. Mm -hmm. Um, how long was it before that switch into entrepreneurship was paying you as much or more than you were making in the job? Yeah. So the bonus that I have on here, and I want to be honest with people is eight months of prep doesn't happen to everybody. It can be a year or two years. So yeah. the reason why it was eight months of prep for me was because my boyfriend at the time, now husband also had some knowledge about the online industry. Mm, right. Okay. So I also had that on my bucket when I met him and it worked out perfectly for me, obviously. So I want to be you know, transparent about that because I don't want to sell somebody a dream. That's not eight months. It doesn't work like that all the time. Right. And then from there, um, to be honest, you know, even though my husband now knew exactly what it took to be in the online industry, he also knew the importance of letting me figure it out and fall on my face. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and that's, I'm blessed to say that now, because now I can say this is it took me like two years after a year and a half, a good two years to build my business and start making money. Yeah. And the reason being is because my thing was I couldn't niche down for the heck of me. I wanted to help everybody. I wanted to help women. I wanted to do this. And he kept telling me you have niche down. I want to do, why can't I just do it all? You know? And that was the biggest thing that set me back, I think too. And then just focusing more streamline on like educating myself, getting certifications, stuff like that. But other than that, I think it took me a good two years, but then once I studied, once I niched down, I got to, I'm at what, half a million subscribers and I've only been on YouTube full, like actually um, doing it uh, every day and being very, um, that's what I'm looking for, repetitive, mm -hmm. um, was about maybe three years now, okay. not even. Well, and even that I'll say for the audience purposes, that's amazing. I mean, you're, you're doing amazing in three years. You know, I've been doing YouTube consistently for probably two years admittedly the first year I was a total disaster had no strategy I hadn't studied I was just ignorance on fire just puking out content with no no direction but still and, and you know I'm roughly at 60,000 subs in two years and and you know it, it accelerates I you know I'll probably be at maybe a quarter million in another year but I won't be at 500 I mean I think it's really important what you said comparing it's good to model other people and compare yourself in that way but other people's timelines are not a pass fail exam for your timeline. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, oh, they went, they went faster than me. So I, I failed. Like it's some of it's luck, some of it's circumstance, some of it's timing, some of it's what country you're in. Some of it's what color hair you have. Some of it's your fashion sense. Some of it's, if you're good on camera or not, like some of it is just whimsical total happenstance in the YouTube algorithm. You might've put out one video that, was relevant to one other video that you somehow ended up as the recommended next video on another popular video. And then YouTube, you got a positive attribution from that. And now YouTube kind of feeds you more of it because they randomly gave you one bite and it worked out. Like it's, you know what I mean? It's ridiculous to compare yourself. But I also love what you said about you have to get 
good enough at these things to be dangerous before you waste any time trying to hire somebody who's better than you. Because mm -hmm. think about it. If you've never written an ad before, you could hire a 19-year-old kid on Fiverr who's written one ad before and well, they're better than you, but they still suck and it's a waste of money. Yeah. And right? they don't know so, your message and they don't know your business like you do. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I go, I think about my org chart in, in Entra, for example. I mean, it just, and same thing for you. I mean, there's kind of a basic set of things that happen in these digital enterprises. You got people running ads, you got people producing content, you got somebody probably creating the content, you got you know, in our case, we have an HR person, we have accounting, we have a CFO, we have people that develop curriculum, we have people that manage programmers. Like, I've actually done every one of those things. I've hired people, I've balanced books, I've paid taxes, I've managed programmers, I've written copy, I've shot videos. And you reach a point where it you should hire, because you can hire a specialist, who's yes. better than you, the generalist. Exactly. But if you have no, you know, competence, you're literally pissing away money yes. every time. Yes. And I see so many people doing that. And that's why it's so important. I'm so happy that we mentioned it too. And I want to go back a little bit on the YouTube thing as regards to like everything in regards to not comparing yourself. And here's a thing that I've learned being in this space now and growing, knowing people, talking to people, studying online. When you get good online, you really know just because someone has 2 million followers does not mean that they're making more money than you. And it doesn't mean that they're making money, right? You have to understand online business module, how it works, right? And so, you know, a lot of times people get mad because they're like, I don't want to sound sleazy online. I don't want to do this. I don't want to make clickbait titles because that's just mean and da, 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 da. But it doesn't, if we focus on the, I have so many clickbait titles, it's not even funny. But when you listen to my video, my message inside is what counts, right? Mm -hmm. Because trust me, I've experienced YouTube and not, I, I don't want to make clickbait anymore. And honestly, I put together this amazing video that so many people need to hear and it gets no traction. I only get like maybe 2000 views out of a possible 50,000 of what I can get in the first two days. Right. Right. And so people get mad at that, but then they don't understand behind it is this is what they ask for at the same time because that's what makes them click, right? Right. So it's just understanding that and also don't ever compare yourself because some people, they know they can make money, but they also are okay where they are or they're just because they have this many followers does not mean that they can make more money because there's people that I know that only have 20, 30,000 followers and are making close to 300 to $500,000 a month, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's their program how, how much, how willing are they, are the clientele to pay? What are they selling? How much free content do they give? Um, and I think that's really, really important. That's so funny. When I started, um, when I started Entra, it was the first time I ever did any social media. And I mean, I remember now I have about 170,000 Instagram followers, but when I started, I had like 600, you know, it was like friends and family. <laughs> And I would run ads and I would, you know, put my tripwire offers out to the market and I'd have like, you know, it was growing. I have 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 Instagram followers and I would get crazy haters. Like, yeah. this is a scam. This guy's a loser. If you're so successful, how, how come you only have, like literally imagine the, that question. If you're so successful, how come you only have 3,000 Instagram followers? 
And those are the people that aren't successful because if they were successful, they would understand that. Yeah, I mean, Warren Buffett doesn't even have an Instagram profile. Exactly. Are we, are we heckling him for, for the same? I mean, there's a lot of like Warren Buffett fan pages, but he himself does not post on Instagram. And so he clearly must be a broke loser, right? Mm -hmm. um, and there's so, a lot of people out there selling the dream, you know what I mean? And that's why it's really important to do your investigation, right? Like, and, and you're all, I think too, uh, no one prepares you if you go online for what's yeah. to come. It's yeah. successful, it's rewarding, it's great because you get to help clients, but man, does it become challenging because the, you feel like some days the world is after you, you know, just because mm -hmm. you put this one L, be, because you're selling something, you're a bad person. Right. Oh, yeah. So you're basically the people they're telling me my, my expertise are not any, not worth value, you know, because I believe money is energy. So I will, we will, people will, you will, people that are listening. If you feel that way, don't worry because you're going to attract people that are going to want to invest in you. You just have to believe that you're investable because of the fact that when we believe that we're investable, we will get the right people, if that's a yeah. word, but we will get the right people that will invest in us because they see something in you and it's okay that not everybody will, right? And that's why there's different people, right? And so there also comes a point too, which I've noticed in my own client's base is where they go in, somebody will go in on me for, let's just say maybe an ad that I just started, right? And, or YouTube video, because it really triggered them, really hit them home because it made sense, but they went in on me. Mm -hmm. And instead, you know, months later, I'll get an email probably saying, listen, like, six months ago, I wasn't really nice to you because you really did trigger me on something, which you were right. Now I know why you do this. I just needed to say, I'm sorry, because I needed to clear my conscience on X, Y, Z. Right. Yeah. And so that stuff happens. So just understand that sometimes you won't meet everybody where you want to meet them. And so part of entrepreneurship, a lot of people don't talk about is how do you deal with the counter effects that no one prepares you for, right? Because ultimately when you go online, you start to become somewhat of a public figure when you have a bigger following. People come up to you, oh my God, are you Apollonia? Are you this? And you're like, it just doesn't feel right. Cause I didn't sign up to be a movie star. Cause how I looked at it is like only movie stars and singers get approached in my day and age when I grew up, right? I don't see, I just see myself as a coach. I just see myself as an expert. I build a team around my practice, right? And so it's really important to understand too that no one's gonna prepare you around this. So always surround yourself around people that support you, other entrepreneurs that you can talk to this about mm -hmm. because there are days that are great, but there are also days that it's hard because someone did a video on you or um, doesn't agree with you and all your mission is to do is to help people. And so when your mission really comes from your heart to help, it hurts even more to be honest because it comes from your heart because People that do it for possible fame, and you can see like their the how they do their business, and you can know we're all smart. And they they're like, give me more bad stuff, give me more, give it to me more, give it to me more, right? right. And so it's because if their names talked about, it's like fine, they have a great day. But when you're empathetic about what you do, especially I feel like with just in general, I can speak for me because I do love and relationship realm, so it is deep. Um, that it, it hurts, you know, and it's, I don't think there's any secret. And Gary V actually talks a lot about this too. He used to talk a lot about this. And also one other guy, who was it? Um, uh, it's coming to my head. Oh, um, he has a big channel and fashion channel Alpha M on YouTube. He's okay. huge. He has like over a couple million on there. And he talks wholeheartedly about how hard it is still to this day to face that, you know? And that's why Gary V also 
reinvented the wheel and saying, just stop caring what people think. The moment that I stopped, I stopped being down. But he talks about the process is really hard as well. Yeah, it's it has absolutely been the 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 crucible of what I've what I've done and and you know I'm my version of what you've done I mean building an audience building a business that relies on digital impressions and audience recognition and stuff and it has been it has been pretty brutal but here's the thing brutal is relative you know it it's like if if I don't know if I stepped in the ring with Mike Tyson, it would be brutal. But if I, <laughs> if an elephant stepped in the ring with Mike Tyson, Mike would be leaving going, man, that was brutal, right? Because an elephant is a bigger, stronger, more powerful being than I am. So I clearly can't physically become an elephant, but mentally, can't I become a giant? Emotionally, can't I become a rock? Can't I become not hard, but, but in touch enough with myself to truly not need, you know, it's like, it's a big, a big step for me was conversely to stop believing the good stuff too. Like if I'm going to get invested in compliments, then I, then I'm a hypocrite if I'm not equally invested in criticism. Exactly. And, and to just always return back to what do I believe and why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. That's enough. Exactly. And I love constructive criticism. Like I, I literally will message people back and thank them. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between constructive, constructive criticism and damaging, I think, criticism, right? Like I think that when someone go really goes after you in a different way, we'll know that, you know? And I also think that, you know, don't let the negative world get to you. Don't let it win. Because at the end of the day, I always think, what is your mission, right? Your mission is not to please everybody. The most loved people in the world, the top most famous people like Oprah is also the most hated person too. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, and, I mean, usually the people that do the most good, they have to hire bodyguards because somebody's trying to assassinate them. Oh gosh, that's hard. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, we could go down the list of history, right? There's a lot mm -hmm. of great people that don't live that long. And I hope I'm not one of those people, but I, I actually hope I'm like those people in some ways. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm curious, what are, I mean, I, you know, again, I never know where these conversations are going to go. And, and I, I refuse to pre-plan them because I feel like, I don't know, it's what got me here is working so far. And so, um, but I'm curious, like what is, because so much of this audience is basically on the precipice. A, a huge part of my audience has already decided that they want to become entrepreneurs and they want to leverage the tools of the new economy, like digital internet, you know, this whole kind of stuff. So they've decided they want to do it, but I would say that doesn't mean they're actually in the water yet. Mm -hmm. They've pretty much decided they want to jump in, but they're still trying to dip their toe in the water and, and they're holding themselves back from just diving in. So much like you, I never sugarcoat. I never pull the punch. I actually love telling people how hard it's going to be. I love telling people that if you haven't made money, it's just because you're not good enough yet or you haven't given enough value yet that the market is a democracy that essentially collectively votes through its money on how much worth you've given. And if you don't have the money, it's because they voted against you and that's not them, it's you. Like I'll smack them with this stuff. So let's prep them, let's go all the way. What's some of the stuff that someone maybe, you know, can expect? Like what are some really, really like gnarly things you've dealt with? 
Um, when I was growing the business, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, since you started getting, let's let, you know, generically call it all the haters. Like, what's um, that like in, in some detail? It's like, let, let's paint the color yeah. for people. I think you're always going to, one is you're always going to get people that challenge you, mm -hmm. right? Um, why are you, why are you an expert to tell me how I should date? Why are you an expert to tell me how I should be picking better women? Why are you an expert to tell me how to better my relationship, right? So you always get people that are going to challenge you. Like, who are you like to give me advice on how to be an entrepreneur and start my business, right? right. Just because you own 1 million multi-million dollar business doesn't mean anything, you know? So you're going to get people that challenge you in that way. So I think the one right there, what helped me is just seeing them with empathy. Like, I feel sorry for people like that sometimes. Like when they say that, I'm like, gosh, your life has to be really tough or like mentally, whatever is going on in there has to be really tough for you to think of it like this when you can't see the past that I'm just here to help you, right? And, and, and there's a wall up. I think that's one. Two is the discipline, right? Like the discipline is the most important thing of it all, right? Mm -hmm. I never growing up took no for an answer, never. And I think that actually helps me be successful in business, right? It helps me be really successful in business as well because of the fact that I never took no. I, I literally was like, I'm going to do this. Once I had my mind, I need to know YouTube. I would stay up until three in the morning studying YouTube. I studied SEO, like I, Neil Patel, um, Brian, I forgot his last name because it's been so long ago. I think, uh, uh, I can't remember his name, but they're like experts in SEO, right? And I got to know who they were, read all their blogs, spent countless hours. It's discipline. Yeah. Like, it's not fun. It's not fun because you just want to reap the rewards. But here's the thing is where a lot of people miss out on is they make excuses because they think that they don't have time, which is complete BS, right? You can always make time. This is the freedom of what we are as humans. It's just really about your perspective. And then another thing is shifting your perspective around any type of money idea that you have, um, a money like uh, issue or false beliefs, limiting beliefs. How do you see yourself? And I also think one biggest act, like biggest thing that helped me was visioning what I wanted, right? Like when you're at that point of building your business, it's really hard to be motivated. It's really yeah. hard to like stay motivated, to be honest. And, you know, I think the biggest thing is continuing to vision yourself, um, like on stage. What I did is I, I visioned myself all the time on top of a stage, people cheering. I saw numbers of subscribers, money mm -hmm. in my bank account. Like I would just, this is how I visioned. And then also too, I made sure I stuck to a routine like a routine, working out, eating yeah. healthy, not drinking late at night. And then, and then when I really wanted that last glass of wine that I knew would give me a hangover tomorrow, right? I would ask myself, is this wine more important than building your business? And that's how I started to challenge my mindset because our brain is wired to do whatever our mind tells us to do. So it's literally our mind is a muscle. And as humans, we have to continuously until the day we die, work on our mindset and do yeah. the right things. We're going to fall. But it's literally, here's the thing, it's, you know, um, Helen, I'd, I'd love to say this. Helen Keller was once asked, what on, was once asked, what on earth would be worse than being born blind? And she said, it would be so much worse to be born without sight, but no vision. And so here's the thing is vision is what keeps us going. And that moment that I could vision what I wanted 
that success that I knew I deserved envision me on stage, vision me helping clients, taking free clients in the beginning, not putting my ego down because guess what? I was nobody at that time. Let me see who I can help offer my free services to because my free services, they're actually give paying me in return because now I know what people want from me and now I can branch it out online, right? So there's, I think those are the most common things that are not easy, but also can, if you really scale on this, can make you so, so successful. And I can't preach this enough. You've got to niche down. Like I see so many people getting stuck. Like I know I've said this so many times. I just want to really like come across to people that are listening for entrepreneurship. You've got to niche down. I mean, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, in, when in you start, situation. excuse me. Mm-hmm. You would say what? When you start, sorry. Because I, yeah. I don't want them to think when you're successful. When you're successful, you can do it all basically if you want to, but yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's so true. Like if I, if I plot my course, you know, I've been, I've been online basically since 2008 and I would say first five years, I was an affiliate marketer in, a, in an extremely narrow and specific niche. Next five and a half years, I had a digital agency that had a broader niche, but still fair, you know, we, we did uh, local, dig, local digital marketing for home services businesses. So contractors, painters, roofers, plumbers, like people that their work happens at other people's houses, not mm-hmm. in their own office, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just only in the last few years have I been able to go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cast a pretty wide net. Um, but even then, it's like, hey, how many people could benefit from learning entre- you know, digital entrepreneurship? Every realtor, every mortgage broker, every insurance agent, every chiropractor, every dentist, every dating coach, every this, every that. But I'm specifically intentionally focused right now on beginning entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And I'm will, and I've been doing that now for two and a half, almost three years, roughly. And I'll probably do it for another year before I ever roll out a course that's like, hey, if you're a realtor but you don't know how to grow your business because they don't teach you that when you become a realtor, come here. But I'll yeah. be four years in mm-hmm. before I open up a new vertical. You know, exactly. Um, it's and so w- important. Know your clientele. Yeah, and I mean, four. That's four years. You know, I'll be four years in and and a lot of revenue and you know our company's about 200 people on staff now, like it, you got to get pretty big before you go broad is my, yeah, um, exactly. It, or, or you'll kill yourself. So, so I'm, I'm so glad you said that. Let me ask you this. Are you in hindsight of your life and your experience now, are you grateful for all the, the negative attacking people online or do you wish they didn't exist? Um, you know, I'm grateful for it. I I really am. And let me tell you why. I think that a lot of us, um, we get to a point in our life where you, we think that, you know, we think that criticism is bad because of the fact that that's the way that we're not used to it. We're used to our friends or family telling us something's nice, or maybe it triggers us because our family and friends never told us something nice. Right. Mm -hmm. But as humans, I think, and also too, as you know, where we live, we have an option to change our narrative, right? And so I'm really thankful for it because I can also change the narrative because critics keep us sharp. They keep us in the game. They keep us honest too. They keep me humble, right? So I'm thankful for them too. And then also critics are a part of our journey in entrepreneurship. They really are. 
right? You know, we can fit a mold and be happy being home. I can fit my mold. And as a woman, if I want to, or a man can do this too, but stay home and be with the kids, which part of an entrepreneurship, I can do that eventually, yeah. but it's what I want to do. I have the freedom to do that, but I'm going to have critics. You should be staying home with the women, with people that are more. And when I think of that, I'm like, oh, it's just, he has more traditional beliefs. That's okay. Right. Maybe I should do a video around traditional beliefs. Now you change your narrative, right? Yeah. And now you can like literally be sharp because critics keep us sharp. So yeah. Sure. And you know, it's interesting, you know, you can always find, I mean, this is, this entrepreneurs do this. We, we find problems and we process them as challenges. And from that, we develop solutions. And usually we have a better business and make more money, right? So, you know, for you, how would you be ever be qualified to coach people on dating if you were, you could not handle criticism and rejection? Yeah, because rejection is big in dating. Those are huge in <laughs> dating, right? Yeah. So that's in a way it makes you a better dating coach, right? Yeah. Ditto for me as an entrepreneurial educator, right? If I couldn't handle criticism and rejection, how the heck could I teach other people how to start a business, which is like one of the hardest, most, you know, de depressing things you can do if you let it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've really, I've really started asking, I, I find it's all about the questions you ask. If you ask yourself, is this going to feel good? A lot of times you won't do a thing you should do. But if you ask yourself, who would I have to become so that this thing that doesn't feel good would feel better? You go and, and then go, well, is that person better than me? Sweet. Problem converted to opportunity to improve. Mm -hmm. And I, I am so grateful for all the hate and, and criticism and, and rejection and attacks because who I've had to become in three years of being highly visible on social media to where frankly, that stuff doesn't hurt so bad. Yes. I am and then you build such your network. a much of more evolved person. Mm -hmm. And then you build your network of people that support you too. Yeah. And you're like, okay, if you think I'm crap, well then guess what? I mean, look at everything else I'm doing. Look at the people that support me. Look at, I'm on Forbes, I'm doing this. I am credible. So not saying that you need this to be, but at the same time, like, People are not going to see that if they don't want to, right? But it also feels good as an entrepreneur to have success in those areas because you're doing this for a reason. So what's the reason at the end of the day, you know? And I also say it's okay to admire someone, understand that you're going to be different than them. But in those times, ask yourself that person that you admire, what would they do in this position? Would mm -hmm. they give into the negative comment and go back? Probably not. And that's what got you there, got them there, right? So you know, I love basketball and I, th I always think of this, you know, I love Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan was playing on field and, of, and Kobe Bryant used to go to his games, but always was on the top bleachers, right? Couldn't afford it. Him and his dad would watch. And he sat on every game, studied and wanted to emulate Michael Jordan. So there would be no Kobe Bryant if there was no Michael Jordan, you know what right. I mean? So it continues. Like, how do you build your legacy? Not only to help people, but to help people in your following as well. Yeah, I um, no, I, I I just totally agree, and and really, I have become so so grateful for for all of it, and I do, I do sometimes I've started asking. I'm like, well, are you a fly? And they're like, what? And I'm like, well, you're saying I'm shit, and you're hanging around. <laughs> they're just fly? confused critics. That's what <laughs> I call them. Exactly. Confused critics. Because <laughs> only flies hover around shit, right? Yeah. Um, so, okay, I, I have to ask, because I know we're, we're actually, this has flown by. This is, by the way, this is what happens when you get in the, the weeds of talking about influence, 
haters, like just all the, the, the messy stuff of, of doing what we do. I, I like, I literally just looked and I cannot believe we've been talking for like almost an hour. Um, so, so I got to ask, um, cause you are a subject matter expert on dating and relationships. And I, there's probably a lot of people listening. They're like, when is he going to ask her something about dating and relationships? Um, uh, I saw something and I'm a, I'm a student of human psychology. So I'm, even though I'm mar happily married, I'm very interested in this. Um, I saw something in your, your um, bio and, and details that got sent over pre-show by my team that you said something like 80% of all relationships fail. Like we hear 50% of marriages, but taking relationships as a whole, are you saying 80% of relationships? And, and first of all, is that right? 80% of relationships fail? So yeah, from my, I'm, I'm just justifying off of my practice, right? So what okay. I see in regards to it, but yeah, if you put, if you think, okay, so 50% of marriages, actually it's a little bit higher now, but right. if you, unfortunately, but if you think of marriage, let's just say now 50% as, as that, well, how about dating and relationships? We can right. add at least a 30% more for sure. Because here's the thing, relationships are in dating people are supposed to teach us something. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think if I'm in this relationship with this one person, I have to make it be forever all the time. But you don't know that because also two people show up in our life as lessons, yeah. right? So I, I'm a true believer in that because maybe you needed to date Amanda number seven to teach you communication. Maybe you needed to date Veronica number four to teach you how you sexually saw yourself as like a, you know, as a man and kind of what you wanted in that relationship. Maybe you needed to uh, date Stephanie number two because you needed to know your boundaries before you finally got with Emily, number one, your lifelong partner. Right. So all those, you know, if depending, you know, how much you actively date, of course, but, you know, sometimes we need those things in our life. And that's where I was saying is like relationship. I think if we go into it and not expecting so much from relationships early on, huh. we'll, we'll find ourselves in better predicaments. So it's almost like in a relationship, instead of saying like, what's the future here? Because so often that's like this, this like, what they call it like an uh, a weight or like the albatross of the thing it's like in the room like what's the future here what are we doing what life are we building and it, are you kind of suggesting instead of obsessing about what's the future here it's more like what's the lesson here yeah being the in the here? present moment what i'm suggesting is being in the present moment because as humans we're always going to think about what is is this person the future right like can I see myself with this person right we wouldn't really typically we wouldn't as a healthy standpoint we wouldn't invest in someone that we couldn't see ourselves in, right? right? It's really with understanding the detachment of, if this doesn't work out, this won't be the end of the world. Because what happens is, if we don't look at it from a, a lens of, okay, I'm not saying that don't get, in, get into relationships and don't think of a future. That's definitely not what I'm saying, because that's unhealthy. But what I am saying is, don't get attached to a future because it takes time to get to know someone. Now, let's say you've been together for three, four, five years, two years, and you guys are really close. And you're building something together, it's going great, then yes, of course you can see yourself a future with and start planning. But I'm talking about the beginning stages when you start dating, you know, the first couple of weeks, months into dating a woman. Um, I think it's really important. And I want to say this too, before <coughs> everything, because I know you have a lot of men viewers, and this is something I preach a lot to my men clients is I'm a big, the reason why I stepped into the space to help men is because I think there needs to be a woman that really gives men the truth, to be honest. I'm not biased because I'm a woman. Like I'm not gonna, the woman that's gonna say, send her flowers. 
like do this, treat her like this. Like, you know, I believe in respecting and treating women, right? That's 1000%. I believe in chivalry. And I, cause I also think that it gives a man like a way to feel really good about himself to an extent as well. So it's not that I go against, but I, what I do see is like mental health is on the rise for men. Suicide rate is on the high rise for men because of how aggressively they suicide. And I'm really big mental, um, mental illness advocate, especially in the men's health way. And I also see that, you know, I've done, I've listened and listened to studies and stuff. And I, I noticed how the mind works when you suppress emotions. And a lot of men are taught to suppress emotions, but they're not taught how to be vulnerable the right way. So when they suppress, they be vulnerable and they become needy and they do it the wrong way, but they're not taught how to do it the right way where they still have ownership and they can still believe that they're in their masculine presence, right? And there's a whole thing to that. But then also too, the biggest thing of my practice is understanding that men have to have standards for the women that they date. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, and I ask men all the time, as a woman, women that are listening to you, to me, think, I hope they understand this too, is as women, we are taught when we're growing up, make sure you choose a good man, make sure he makes money, make sure he's safe, make sure he treats you right, make sure he doesn't hit you, make sure he does this. And it's literally drilled into us if, you know, as women, like to choose a good man. But what's happening is a lot of times men aren't being drilled. Make sure you choose a good woman. Make sure you choose a woman that's going to appreciate you. Make sure you choose a woman that can be independent if you want her to be independent with you. Make sure you choose a woman that is kind, right? And that you can talk to, that you can communicate with. So no one's showing men like to have standards for the women that they date because they think now going into it that I have to now perform so I can get this woman. And so then women can't connect because of the fact that a man is just trying to perform, perform, perform. I got to do, do, do. And then he's not being abundant in his own mind. And he's not living authentically because he's great and successful in his career, but probably not with women. And so the thing goes around and around in a suspicious cycle. So the two things in this is always men need to have standards for the women they date. Plain and simple, there's so many beautiful, attractive women that are single out there that are good women that are waiting for a man to pick them up right? Or not waiting, but would like a man to pick them up, right? But then there's so many men that are just settling for the first single attractive one that probably is not the best woman for them, maybe is very manipulative, maybe other things. Mm -hmm. And then second to that, we're not teaching men to really open up and show emotion and be vulnerable to connect with us, right? We're teaching them more to suppress emotions, man up, which I agree that you know, there's a part of expressing emotions the right way because you can push people away. And that's just the, it's a balance, I think too. And that's why it's so important. That's what I do a lot in my practice. Well, I feel like that was a perfect sort of outro because it was an outro to an intro of like, okay, so that's a little bit of what Apollonia does. And, uh, you know, she, we talked a lot about building the business, but there at the end, we got to talk about the business. Um, and I suspect there's a lot of people that are like, whoa, that was amazing. I wish we could do a whole nother episode on that. Maybe we can, but go check out Apollonia. She's got a YouTube channel. She gives a ton of value away for free. She's, I'm looking at her website. She's got an amazing website. She's on Instagram. I, actually, I shouldn't be talking your credentials for you. How can people come get more of, of what you were just sharing? Yeah, I think the easiest way is just Google Apollonia Ponte and everything will fall up. Uh, everything will come up. No matter how you spell it, it's still going to happen. <laughs> so okay. don't worry. Um, but it's spelled A-P-O-L-L-O-N-I-A, the first name. And then my YouTube channel will come up. But if you just want to go directly to YouTube, it's just Apollonia Ponte, everything. Instagram, it's just my name. Podcast, you can 
you can send, you can just do everything on Google and it'll pop up. You're one of those lucky people that goes into online business and has a name that no one else has. So yes, you don't, you're not I like am. me. You're not like me where you've offered a guy, like basically <laughs> name your price for his website domain with your name and he won't even talk to you. So, oh no, that's uh, brutal. <laughs> Anyways, okay, thank you. I know I know you have to go. I'm so grateful you came on the show. This was a really, really fun conversation. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, my final thoughts are go after your dreams and stop letting the BS of the world and that negative little devil in your head get to you. Like literally use this as your motivation. Create a playlist every morning that is going to literally motivate you every day and just continue to vision your success. Boom, she said it. Apollonia, thanks again for being a guest on Millionaire Secrets. And to all the viewers and listeners out there, you are the best part of this show. You're why we do what we do every day here. I'm so grateful for you and I can't wait to see you on the next one. Take care, everyone. You just finished this episode of the Millionaire Secrets podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entra Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entranation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.